Hey guys, this is Wolf Hoffman from Accept, and you're watching CMS TV Meta. might have an answer for us though eric okay let's check in with um iron kingdom's chris osterman chris how are you man good how you doing chris good man good uh good to see you in person and meet you in person man and welcome to the show thanks so much brother cheers well, dude, i looked at his name i thought his name was chris aiken too I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's cool. the way it lined up here <laughs> let me fix that how's that that's better <laughs> We're well, multiplying. Well, nice. Well, well, Chris, we're as you hear here, we're talking about live records. And right now we're just talking about live records that of bands that we have seen. And we love them, we love seeing them live, but then we heard the live record and it wasn't wasn't very good. You got any of those? Uh, you know, honestly, for me, it's always been like some of the live records just don't have the right feeling. Uh, right. Like you listen to the the real the studio album or you watch them live and it just has like a different kind of power to it. Right. And then you get to the live album and you're like, ah, you know, for me, it was uh, funny enough. I think a lot of people liked this one, but ACDC live at Donington. Yeah. It, uh, it just kind of, I don't know. I'd put it on and it was cool, but I just didn't really listen to it that much. Yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure that's the, we just listed a, a, the ACDC live because for me, Brian Johnson sounded terrible on that record. It, you know, he just he just didn't sound good. And again, ACDC, I've seen them a zillion times, and they put on a hell of a show. Exactly. But, you know, so you know, and that's the weird thing is I know people are going to think that we're killing these bands, and and I'm not. I, I you know, I'm prefacing it by saying I saw these bands, I liked these bands live, but they were the know, soundtrack of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they were the soundtrack of our lives, I, I would imagine the new the the new fifty euros that you're fifty tomorrow, Eric. The new soundtrack to the rest of your life is going to be Iron Kingdom. Hey, it's gonna, I it's, I loved Iron Kingdom today. I rocked out with it this morning. I listened to the whole thing, and it was uh, it was nostalgic, you know. Very. Good. When I was, uh, I'd say probably fifteen, sixteen years old, like the mid eighties. Um, that's the stuff I listen to, you know. Um, I'll name I wrote down some bands that came to mind when I was okay to your record. Uh Fate's Warning. Um, I don't know if you've heard Awaken the Garden Guardian. Uh like I got those vibes. Uh like Maiden, uh King Diamond, Queensryche, uh, even a little Megadeth here and there, but the the singer's amazing. That's him know. right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you. That is Sir, yeah. let me tell you. That all those bands I listed, you're as good as any of those people. Ooh, Jesus. Oh, wow. That's Absolutely. that's some high praise. Thanks so much, Eric. <laughs> Very good, man. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Chris. Why don't we uh why don't we start here, man? Uh, tell tell us a little bit or tell everybody that's watching a little bit about um Iron Kingdom, because I'm sure a lot of people, even though you guys have been around for a minute, uh a lot of people are still learning about you, man. So tell tell everybody, give us like the the two minute history of the band leading us to where we are today. All right. Uh, well, band formed in 2011. Uh, we, we were playing before then under a different name, but uh, Iron Kingdom just had a, a bit more kind of power to it in the title. So we went with that, uh, recorded our debut album, 
funny enough, played on Canada's Got Talent. <laughs> right. Uh, just for fun, you know. Uh, it went somewhere, which is kind of cool. Uh, then uh, we put out our second record, and that brought us over to Europe with uh, Keep It True Festival. Sure. And a few other things. So we got to play with like Jag Panzer and Metal Church and stuff like that. Uh, so that was for the Gates of Eternity record. Uh, then we headed on to Ride for Glory, uh, our third album, where we went to Brazil. Uh, we did like North America, like 45 shows or something across okay. the country. Um, and then we went into our fifth album on the hunt, carried it up with a bunch more tours and stuff. Uh, we actually did do a live album too, funny enough, uh, back in 2014. Thank God uh, it didn't end up on this list, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, live albums are always, uh, they're always an interesting one, you know, but we figured it was a fun little in-between album kind of thing to release. But sure. Um, yeah. And then we, uh, we did our newest album that just came out November 4th and right. that was the blood of creation. Very and cool. uh, so far it's been getting a lot of good reviews and, we're stoked. So absolutely. Well, it's a great record, man. No, there's no question. I do want to go backwards a little bit, though. I want to go back, you know, a couple of years to the to the ugly time in all of our lives, the uh, the COVID time. This sucked for you guys. You guys, you you know, you're being a little modest about. Well, we did this record and then this and then this, and you're just <laughs> blowing through it. And, and I get it. You guys had quite a bit of momentum going, especially with on the hunt. You had a lot of momentum. You were getting the, the tours. You were getting over in Europe, which is where a band like you needs to really be. That's right. And then COVID hits and just fucking shudders it. And it's one thing if you're man of war, because you can wait two years and come back and boom, you're right back to it. Or Metallica, like, you know, those bands. For you guys as a young band, as a new band, and as a band that hasn't been established yet, that COVID thing, it, it has to be almost like starting all over, no? Oh, man. So it's funny that you were you were talking about going to Europe and stuff. So we, we were touring in Europe, and COVID was happening while we were on tour. Like, it started shutting countries down, and we right. were still playing shows. I think our last show was, like, March 16th or something, 2020, which was, like, a day before Germany shut its borders and a day before you couldn't fly it back home, basically. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that alone was kind of insane, but we couldn't change our flights. So we just waited it out and we somehow made it home. Um, but but going to your question, though. Um, yeah, I mean, funny enough, when we got home, our drummer quit. Oh, wow. <laughs> so our drummer because of COVID hunt, or because he just had to be a real job guy or what? You know, I don't even really know, but I think he hated touring. So. Okay. <laughs> Not for everybody. Yeah, I think we burnt him out like within a couple months on the road, and then he was just like, "Okay, that's it for me." Um, right. But uh, so so COVID was weirdly enough kind of a good break for us because we had the chance to find a new drummer who fit properly. We took the time to make sure that this was the right person, um, and you know they learned the entire set so max uh the drummer from the blood of creation is who i'm referring to and um so we wrote that entire album with him um right at the beginning of covid is when we started writing uh you know and he learned all the old material and everything and it was just it was actually a really good thing for us believe it or not okay. because we got to sit down and really like develop a relationship with this new drummer 
and uh, kind of ease them into where we'd gone already in the past. Because um, it can be hard to jump right on to like a 45 date tour from never going on the road before. Right mm. on. So where what kind of places do you guys play when you go on these tours? Like what size venues? This is Canada, by the way, mostly? Or um, Well, most of the, we've done a lot of touring in Canada, but we've done a lot in the States too. Uh, we've played Mexico, we've played Brazil, Europe, you know. I bet they loved you in Mexico. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, we played this weird, like, venue that was, you had to go through an alleyway, and then it just opened up, and then there was a stage. And yeah. I was like, okay, you know. I had a similar was... experience uh, where we played a, a bullfighting arena. Not a nice one either. Like a really, <laughs> like, sketchy one where, like, wires, they had, like, weird extension cords just kind of like plugged in that were dangling and of course it was like starting to rain out there who was this with piercy um yeah this was this was with piercy and then we were out there with uh <laughs> tracy guns had a kind of like la guns tribute band called gunzo which had rudy sarzo in it thankfully okay. because he's the only one that spoke spanish he's he's not he's not mexican but he but his language is similar uh right. he's 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 from brazil i think okay. uh but he was able to translate for us out there and help us in a lot of situations but yeah it was but it's still a great time like what an adventure out there as i'm sure it was for you guys oh yeah no it, mexico was was crazy um but yeah like you were mentioning like what kind of size of venue well uh our release party for example was it was like a 250 seater um okay. uh, we actually sold that one out which was amazing but right. um but usually we're playing, yeah, somewhere in the one to two hundred to three hundred range, kind of thing, nice. something like that. Right on. And, and are the what are the ages of the people that are coming to these shows? Are you getting some younger people that are into it? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Our range is like, I think it's wider than it's ever been because you have people in their sixties who are coming out to these shows because they grew up with this stuff sure. or 50s, 60s, you know? Right. And then, and then you have people in their, you know, they're 19 just got into the club or 21 in the States. Right. Yeah. Just, just old enough to be able to get into the club and they're there too. So it's really interesting. You have this really wide range of people coming out to these shows. And I think it's kind of cool. We're kind of helping people like breach that, you know, if you're into the new stuff, maybe you'll breach some of the older stuff. If you're, if you heard of the old stuff before, then, and it's you know, cool because you're not an old geezer, you know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> you, you still look cool that you the kid would want to check that band out or whatever. You know, they don't want to go see a grandpa playing this stuff. So. Well, I mean, that was funny because like when I was a kid, the reason we even did this was because, you know, my favorite bands were like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and, you know, Saxon yeah. and whoever. And, and, and I was like, I don't understand. How come nobody's doing this? Like, right. You know, and I was looking for it and I was like, I want to see someone wearing tight spandex on the stage and I, you know, <laughs> studs and leather and, and like throwing their guitar in the air and stuff. That's right, what putting I on a see. show. Yeah, that's what I want to see. And, and nobody was doing it because it was it was kind of frowned upon or, or almost like, you know, ew, you're doing that, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's how it was when I was a kid. And we're like, well, let's let's do that. <laughs> right on. Well, dude, you you obviously have um you have this video out here um for um which what is the song yeah um that you have the crystal new, throne I think yeah right? the crystal throne song um I figured what we would do is maybe give people a taste of that and let you know 
let them see that one. Tell, tell us a little bit about this song before I play the clip, though. Okay. Uh, well, the song's about an evil seductress uh, who, you know, it's like one of those women that you, you know, you know to stay away from her. So it's <laughs> her name. Susan. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> Very cool. Well, let's check it out. Everybody sit tight. We're going to play a little bit of um, Iron Kingdom. Check it out. Brand new release called The Blood of Creation. And uh, here we go. Check them out. It's Iron Kingdom. All right, and we are back right here with Chris Aiken Presents with Eric Ferentinos and Mr. Chris Osterman of Iron Kingdom. And uh, I don't even say it, Eric. I know as soon as the commercial started, I was like, wow, we got the temptress right behind the video. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has been getting busy getting some sponsorships, I'm, I see. Yeah, I'm getting some sponsors from our from our porn gear people. But <laughs> That was a surprise. Okay. But um, but let's let's move back to Iron Kingdom here, uh, Chris. Obviously, man, for any band, not just your band, but for any band, you 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 make new records, you make new songs because you want to grow. It's not most bands anyway. They they want to grow to the next thing. They want to develop musically. For you guys, what is the growth that you see on um, the Blood of Creation? Is it Sonic? Do you feel tighter as a band? Is it the fact that you got a drummer that fits better and it just feels feels more right? What is it for you that you think is the growth to the band? You know, honestly, I, I think you you nailed it. It's pretty much all of those things. Um, to be honest with you, we also self-recorded the album and self-produced as well. Um, and so this is the second one we did that. Okay. And, and um, so I think we grew a lot in that world as well, um, you know, getting better mic placement, um, just better tones, stuff like that. Uh, we did on the hunt on our on our own as well. But uh, I feel like Blood of Creation was was a better production from a studio point of view. Sure. Uh, I I preferred, you know, I, I think we all are happier with Max on the on the kit now as well. Um, and he brought a kind of interesting take because he brought in all the elements of our old drummers, but also his own style, and he somehow blended them all together. Um, and then, like you said, too, I mean, even the writing style, um, having Megan be a little bit more involved and, and you know, we're, we're trading off ideas and stuff. I think it just made a more uh, diverse kind of album, I guess you could say. It's got a cool visual, too. I mean, that was my first time seeing the band, actually. So like This morning listening to it, I just was hearing it, didn't know who to picture. And it's like refreshing to see the band's got a look. But yeah. I, I think it's awesome that you guys are going about recording this like it was 1985 or something. Like you're very true to the to the sound. I mean, it's almost like uh, a movie director that's doing a 
a, a movie that takes place in 1982 or something, you, you're not expecting to see a Starbucks in it or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you guys made sure you stayed in that zone. You know, I could tell because I lived it, but you're not trying to like mix it with rap or trying to put whatever you to those instruments or music at the time and, and whatever. And I could, I appreciate that, you know, here listening to it. Absolutely. Oh, well, thanks, man. Yeah, sure. Well, well, Chris, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I'm a pop, pop culture whore. I mean, anything with pop culture, I'm watching it, listening to it, experiencing it, whatever it is. These days, old world fantasy is huge. You know, obviously, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, you know, um, pick one. You know, there, there's a right. zillion of them out there. For for a band that does this style of music, does that help a band like yours or does it hurt it because people always will consider it smaller because there's such behemoth type projects in that space right now you know people see the see the visual for you guys and they'll be like well it's not game of thrones well no shit you know <laughs> you know but how does how does it affect you guys um well i think i think it's more on the positive end of things because okay. because you've got this kind of like you know cool to kind of look like a viking or something you know right something like that so you know when we're wearing like chain mail and studs and stuff on page like dude that's awesome you know and we have some songs about stuff like the wheel of time or you know um elric of malnaborn or whatever you know stuff like that we we wrote tunes about that kind of stuff so i think it it's been more of a good thing i think but you know it's hard to get into character you gotta get into character get into the vibe those yeah. pants give you power. <laughs> you know, they give you special rock powers to put on those spandex pants. You know it. <laughs> right on, man. Well, well, Chris, what, one of the things that drives me absolutely fucking bonkers is that you go to Europe and you see this metal just massive. You, you know, and obviously I'm talking about the biggest things, the Sweden rocks and Donington and Vakken right. and or Vakken, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you know, you <laughs> see you see these massive, massive 60,000, or even in Brazil, Rock and Rio, whatever. And then you come here to the States, probably to Canada as well. I'm assuming Canada is pretty much the same. And it's tiny clubs. It's less, there's, there's more people in these, in the Americas that are just not going and supporting this stuff. And it makes me nuts. You know, how frustrating is that for you? And do you see it with like, even your own personal friends? Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things that, that really was frustrating for me beyond the Europe, that, like it's even just seeing like when Iron Maiden comes to town and you see like 20,000 people come out to a one metal show and you're yeah. like, this is great. These are my people. And then you're also like, wait a minute, I haven't seen any of you guys at a local show, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and there's good local bands, you know, I, I think, I think a big part of it is, I think around the nineties, maybe early two thousands, people got this idea, at least in North America, that checking out like a new band was, it was going to be like, oh, they're going to be terrible. You yeah. Know? 
you get this vibe of like, oh, it's a local band. Oops, you know, like right. or and you know, unsigned or whatever. You get this vibe. They're unsigned that, oh, for a reason, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly, and 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 you're kind of like, oh, they must be pretty bad then, I guess. Uh, so nobody checks it out, and and I think that's what we're battling a lot um, in North America. I think it's you have these like mammoth bands from you know from the 80s, 70s, stuff like that, and they'll sell at the arenas. So there are people that are into it, yeah. but but where are they when you know there's a smaller band that's just kind of growing, right? Yeah, and I I just don't see that as much. And that used to be a cool thing if you were one of the first people that, you know, went to Metallica concerts before they were signed or something and you had your ticket stubs from then. You were like hot shit, you know, for that. Yeah. You you were somebody with vision that, you know, was ahead of their time even digging a band like that. Yeah. And well, it, but the, but that therein lies what I think is the biggest problem. And we can point to today if anybody looked at Blabbermouth or any of the sites. The biggest band in the goddamn world announces a concert tour that's going to last two years and um, new album. And they're taking out Pantera, which I love. Pantera is my favorite band ever. You know, so I, I, I will go to some show, but they're taking out Pantera and then everybody's flavor of the month, Wolfie Van Halen. And then the second nights of it, they're taking out Five Finger Death Punch and Ice Nine Kills, another flavor of the month band. Why aren't they why aren't they doing what what they used to do? Why aren't they taking out bands that are not known? Why don't Metall if Metallica takes out Iron Kingdom? And I, I know this is a this is heavy thought. Yeah. If I, are you if, listening, if, James? Yeah, are you listening, Hetfield <laughs> motherfucker? No. <laughs> no, but if 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 Metallica takes out Iron Kingdom, Iron Kingdom sells 50,000 records. That's right. Like that. It doesn't even matter if they're good. If they if if you play with Metallica as somebody, if Metallica says this is who we're taking out, mm -hmm. that look, there's there's awful bands that are big now because of Metallica. Uh, the, what's that elephant band? Um, Cage the Elephant. Cage the Elephant was nobody until Metallica took them out, and now they're like a big band and they still suck. But that's a whole nother thing. It's no more. They, I remember them in my youth breaking faith no more. The, yeah, they broke a lot of bands, and now they just don't. Now it's all money. That's right. And and that that just it, the worst part is, at least in my head. And please comment on this, Chris. I I almost have respect for them not doing it as long as they're not charging for it. The ones that I have a problem with are the middle of the pack bands that are taking that are playing two thousand seaters that would make a lot of sense to take out a young band to really expose them on a, on a smaller level where, where it's real, but they're right. saying, well, we'll take you for 10 dates for 50 G's. Right. That's, that's horse shit. Oh, buy on. You're talking about yeah, buy ons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, you know, the buy on thing is, is, is crazy. I don't know how anybody can afford to do it. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's where a band like three inches of blood, uh, you know, kind of fell apart too. Right. Sure. Cause they were, they were pushing and they were getting bigger. Um, but everything they did, they kept buying on to things and, and where, where do you go from there? You can't afford to keep that going forever. No. So as much as it looked like they were becoming a huge band. And I think to some degree they did become a pretty big band, but it, the, the financial structure behind it all is going to collapse. Right. Right. Um, 
but yes, I totally agree with you. And I've said this for, for years and years. It's like, you know, Gene Simmons from Kiss used to take out all the bands like Maiden and, and Priest and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Rush and stuff like that. And all these bands, they'd get on these tours. And that's what we need to see today is, is the older bands bringing out some of the newer bands and helping yeah. kind of keep metal alive for the future. Sure. But I, I, and I think it doesn't happen because it's not a community anymore. Back, back in that day, it was, you know, in the 70s and the, and the 80s, it was. It was a community. You know, I, I mean, if you go back and you look through those old RIP magazines or Hit Parade or whatever, for me as a kid, it was always cool. But now I get it as an adult. You would see pictures of the guys with Motley Crue hanging with the guys from the Aussie band at, at some hotel somewhere. It's because they were all boys. They all hung out together. Now... You know, what do you see? You, you you barely see these guys outside of their living room on, on an Instagram picture. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're not a community anymore. It's just business. And that's mm-hmm. the, the sad truth is mm-hmm. in order to be in business, you almost have to have already made it in the business. And that just sucks. At yeah. least you're, you're open to, to uh technology of the future. I mean, back in the eighties, like these bands that Chris was talking about, a rip magazine or whatever they might feature on the back page some little blip about a a new metal band or something and you would just basically see their picture maybe there'd be a phone number you could call and hear a little bit of it on the phone um but yeah. they would you know a lot of kids bought the, these these magazines had a lot of circulation a lot of kids would see that maybe 150 100,000 kids would see the ad and check it out and listen and what have you uh one cool thing about metal bands too is they have the best merch you know like a metal shirt you know what i mean and i mean there's ways to to market you know and and also live stream and things like that you you are open to the world it's just you know doing the work coming on shows like ours hey we might break these guys chris you know and we might uh today but um we'll we'll have to make sure that we find out how people can listen to you and find you and all that that good yeah. stuff but there's some positives for the future no i i agree and i know i'm always debbie downer with this stuff because i get really really frustrated that great bands go unnoticed that that just drives me it drives me nuts but for for you chris you know certainly we're talking about a lot of different uh, avenues to promote yourself what what works and what doesn't anymore well, you see, I'm probably the last person you should be asking that because we're so <laughs> we're so old school that we just tour. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're we like do everything the old school way. We we make full length albums, we release them and we go on tour. That's that's what we do. And we make a ton of merch. You know, we have ten different t shirt designs when we go on the road. Um but you know, that's not what every new band is doing. And you know, sure. there's tons of them that are like, hey, well, you could be making money. Like we, we go on tour with Marshall stacks, like the full wall of stacks. Right. Okay. Like, you know, we're, we're hauling like a ton of gear in a bus and, and we have no roadies, nothing. And we're bringing the stuff out every night. We have like, you know, a massive drum kit and all this stuff. Modern bands, they tour with like, you plug into the PA and that's, that's what you do. You drive around in like your Honda civic and that's your tour. You know, we're on a tour bus. Like, you know, so everything that we do is not really, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the way to do things. It's just right. how we do it because our priority is the show. Right on, man. 
Well, dude, what would be more, what would be more beneficial for you, for you? And, and this could be beneficial. Doesn't necessarily have to mean success with sales or whatever. Just, it could just be beneficial to your, your own headspace. Would it be more beneficial to iron kingdom? If you played a show for 200 people and everybody bought a shirt or if Khloe Kardashian took a picture in an Iron Kingdom t-shirt that nobody ever would see, would would listen to, but she posted on her Instagram and it had like 2 million views. Well, based on my experience with Canada's Got Talent, uh, we had a million people watch that and we sold two CDs. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't take too much to the, to the social media stuff. I don't, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. Um, have you ever, have you guys ever heard of the show Gold Rush? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you look at that show, one of the guys wears our shirt on almost every episode. Oh, that's awesome. So, so I've had people from like Atlanta, Georgia message me and be like, Whoa, I found out about you guys because I was watching Gold Rush and yeah, you're, they got curious. They're like, that shirt was so cool. Like, what is this? You know, dude, that um, is so, such a testament to old school. That that right there is old school metal. And I, I'll tell a quick personal story about me. The band that I discovered exactly that way was Crowbar. And okay. and I because I saw Phil Anselmo wearing it in the I think it's the I'm Broken video on MTV. And I had never heard of Crowbar. And w- without ever hearing a note of crowbar i went out and bought um was it the art of suffering or whatever that album is called the next day because yeah. i saw my favorite band wearing the shirt and i became mm-hmm. a crowbar fan handing your school. handing your shirt to one of the bands you're opening for that are known is always a good idea yeah because he gets photographed a lot or she and they might wear it. They're always, we, they always need shirts to wear, man. It's a stinky job out there on the road. <laughs> you, know, you don't get to do laundry that often. Right. That's a really good point, man. That's a no great question. Point. Well, Chris, man, we are excited that you have this new release out. It is uh, The Blood of Creation. It is Iron Kingdom. And uh, Chris, where should we tell people to go to keep up with you guys and tour dates and where they can buy merch? And I do mean buy. Don't just stream when it comes to the product. Buy the fucking thing. So where should we tell people to go? Well, uh, we have a website, so www.iron-kingdom.com. And you can find anything on there that we have. So, you know, we've got discography on there, merchandise, you know, biography, blogs, all the things you could want, and all the links to all of our social media as well. Um, You can go to our Bandcamp site, too. I would just Google that, Iron Kingdom Bandcamp, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And we have tons of stuff up there, too, so. Very cool. Well, awesome. one more well, one more time. The band is Iron Kingdom. The the release is the blood of creation. The album. I'm gonna call it an album. It's old school. The album. <laughs> Go buy it, iron-kingdom.com. And Chris, thanks so much for joining us here on Chris Aker Presents. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much for having me. All right, thanks, man. Hey.